What we're what we've been working on, we uh, we're going through the book of Titus, and we've arrived at chapter two, and we're working on the first five verses, and kind of interesting verses in that they start to give um, uh, d- directions uh, about how the a Christian life is lived in certain certain age categories. I, I marvel that he starts with. Older men. Some people will read this and say, well, he's talking about elders. No, he's not. He's talking about old guys. <laughs> um, so. What age do we think that is? Biblically? Well, biblically, it's probably 40 years old. <laughs> but okay. I guess realistic, I just talked to Phil this morning. He said after, after church this morning, he's going to shut down the swamp cooler. And I said, well, I, I can't shut mine down because my kids told me I can't go on the roof anymore. Mm-hmm. He said, well, I remember when I told Jack he couldn't go on his roof anymore. Once he was 70, he said, I'm one year away from that. <laughs> <laughs> I said, you're going to have to find somebody. Call my son. He's, he's only 32. He can get up there. <laughs> so, but these characteristics are kind of interesting. The The verse... The verse says, older men are to be temperate, dignified, sensible, sound in faith and love and perseverance. So let's go through those because they're kind of interesting. Temperate or sober really can mean he doesn't drink too much. Uh, that, uh, that he either abstains totally or pretty much, uh, uh, in just a occasional use of alcohol. I, I find it interesting that Paul very seldom says you can't do certain things. It depends on how they affect you. If they control you, you don't do them. No. So uh, it has a wider meaning, though, of being clear-headed and well-balanced. Well okay? So... I mean, it's interesting in the probably early early church, if the age limit was in the 40s going into 50s, those were considered to be older men. So uh, it means uh, dignified or vulnerable or venerable, which is interesting. To be dignified does not mean to be stuffy, but notes one one's possessions. Uh, possesses qualities that deserve respect. It refers to uh, one who manifests the seriousness of purpose. You know, you know what they're about, you know where they're headed, and they don't very often don't veer away from what God has called them to do, whatever it is. With, with an older man, he may not be a father anymore, although there are plenty of older guys in the Old Testament that were fathers, you know. Hence, can always talk about Abraham, <laughs> hundred years old, and he's a father. But uh, the point is, is that he is a the kind of a man that has. I, I like the term serious seriousness of purpose. You know what he's about, you know, when it comes to the Lord. Sensible or self uh, uh, self controlled, uh, he doesn't have trouble. 
curbing his appetites or impulses. Uh, this is given greater importance than the others because it's expected of all believers. So I have a, a personal story to tell you. Yesterday, uh, we were invited to a birthday party, so we, it was down near Castle Rock. So we went down there and we thought, well, we'll go a little early and we'll stop in at the Nike store and try on shoes. So we did, and we bought some, right? Walk out of the shoe store, and I get about four feet from the car, and it dawns on me I've locked the keys in the car. And it's a good thing somebody wasn't watching because self-control went right out the window. I was so angry at myself, right? Plus, that was going to make us late for the for the birthday party. So... I called AAA, and they got there in a, in pretty pretty good time, forty five minutes, which wasn't bad. But I, I've been thinking about that ever since. You know, uh, low temptation you can probably deal with. Fast temptation's a little harder. <laughs> I was so angry, <laughs> and Donna's standing there looking at me like, "Who is this crazy man?" <laughs> Anyway. I was just glad I hadn't locked the keys Anyway. Um, the next quality is he's sound in the faith. He has, uh, here it, it doesn't mean faith in general. It means the faith, which is specific. He understands, uh, uh, what we would call the birth truths. He understands how a person is saved. He understands about sins and forgiveness. And also, he's probably moving towards understanding about uh, Romans 6 truths, growth truths. And, uh, but he's a, a, a man who is sound in the faith. He's not loose in the corners. Okay. And, uh, Another uh, is that he's a lover. He's got a heart that uh, is subject to the Spirit of God and it manifests in whatever situation he's in in his life. And this next one is perseverance. I love perseverance because we just talked about it. You know, Romans 5.3 says that uh, uh, trials produce perseverance. Patience. This is the, that word that I think it's, it's, I think it's Chester Macaulay's favorite word. He calls it hupomona. It's Greek as hupomona. It means load carrying ability. You can carry your load and somebody else's load and you do it. You can stay under that trial or affliction as long as it honors God. That you're not complaining about it and, and you recognize what's happening in your life and so you you continue you continue so you're uh, if you have trials you know that they honor god uh patience is a sense of meekness which teaches uh which trench defines as the temper of spirit in which we accept god's dealings with us as good therefore without disputing or resisting 
Let's talk about that for a little bit. I think, do you think I was accepting God's um, uh, purpose for my life when I recognized I'd locked the keys in the car? It's okay to answer. <laughs> Doesn't sound like it. No. No, I wasn't. You know, and so, uh, does it mean that God looks at me and says, ah, well, here, I'm going to have to give that guy more suffering. And here I am thinking I'm suffering enough. <laughs> no. <laughs> I'm thinking about Courtney this morning. That's my morning. volume all the way up. I'm thinking about Courtney this morning. Uh, that's a, this is a trial, you know. And uh, in those cir circumstances, boy, it's so easy to, you know, to get to push back and, and not make it gracious, you know. And so there's so, all the, for an older man, all these kinds of things really matter, you know. And I, I've told people all my life, you know, these older guys, they don't, they don't. Uh, Exhibit some of the things that younger men do just because they're old. <laughs> do you think that it's related to the number of trials that you've been through? Yeah, I, th I you know, like, like I, I, I look at uh, Ralph and, and he's got, you know, or a, a, a trial going on. I look at uh, Russ, he's got a trial going on and it's, it doesn't seem like there's any you know, end date in the future. And uh, I think one of these men understands that God is in charge of that trial. And he will, by dependence on the Spirit of God, endure. And he'll learn great endurance through that trial. And later on, we'll look back and say, you know, without that trial, I wouldn't have, and I wouldn't, Today, I wouldn't look at the thing uh, the way I look at it today. So, I don't know. That answer your question? I was just thinking, you know, marriage trials, financial trials, children trials. Now, now we're in the physical trial yeah. <laughs> stage. Of you know, last weekend we were in Chicago at a at a wedding, and I <clears throat> they had a really incredible reception and dinner and you know I'm glad I wasn't paying that bill put it that way but I was looking at the the, the couple that got married and uh, you know they're, they're they're great kids they both have great jobs you know they're healthy uh, I think they really love each other but I also thought they have no idea what's coming <laughs> You know, I had a friend who used to say, you know, that whirring sound you hear, that's a torpedo heading right for your ego. <laughs> Bless their hearts, you know. And so an older man's job is to demonstrate the life of the Lord Jesus so that a younger guy, like we just got married last weekend, there's somebody around who demonstrates... Yeah that there is a life of peace and rest and faith to be lived, and it's demonstrable. I can see it. Okay.
but I think it has to be manifested by the work of the Spirit in you. You can't do this on your own. It's impossible. Um, Question. Why is the older man subject to exhibiting a higher standard? Is it a standard? Uh, Yeah. Well, to be, if, if, if I look at the verses... He sort of spelled out a standard, didn't he? Yeah. What do we do with standards, Mike? Uh, you mean yesterday? <laughs> <laughs> what did we learn from yesterday, Mike? <laughs> what did I learn? I learned I got to come up with a plan that I never lose those keys again. <laughs> right. <laughs> Don't repeat. <laughs> yeah, I'm getting to know that the AAA guy on a first name basis. Either in the spirit or in the flesh, right? Yeah, there really isn't. You're not a little bit in the flesh and a little bit in the spirit. You're one or the other. I wrote down that uh, the genuine correspondence between what we believe and how we live. Well, the qualities listed for older men are by no means confined to them they should certainly be more refined in them. Okay. Uh, and I think uh, your personal health may decline with age, but spiritual health is to abound more and more as one grows older. That's cool. Pretty cool advice. Pretty cool advice. Those four qualities mentioned are because older men are to be leaders and these particular qualities must be present in a leader. So, When did you hear that in a leadership course recently? <laughs> well, I shouldn't have told you the story. You're not going to let me forget it. <laughs> no, I'm just saying, no, I, 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 I totally understand where you're coming from. I'm just thinking, like, this comes out of... You know, there's a tenderness and uh, another level of of what you're perceiving happening around you, even if it's to yourself or it's to others in the body. As you grow older, you're you're growing in these qualities of Christ in such a way that it it is a spiritual maturity. Your body is is going the other direction, but spiritually speaking, you're observing and seeing and loving in ways that you've grown into with the Lord Jesus over that, that time in trial, like Donna was talking about, I think. Yeah. I, and you know, I trust, I, I trust, uh, the spirit of God to do what he says he's going to do. Yeah. You know, I really do. I, and I, not that every man that's, uh, older, uh, you know, some of us are, you know, emotional teenagers at 80. <laughs> so, but uh, what's cool about this is that, you know, Paul is the one guy that can sit down and say, well, here's the positional truth. And then he'll say, well, here's what it looks like in shoe leather. This is really right. what it looks like. So you can look at those uh, and say, wow, you know, that I, 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 at least I can make a correlation between what I've lived through in my life, and I don't mean negatively, positively, and what the Spirit of God is trying to accomplish. You know, 
it's it's like I, 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 oh, 10, 15 years ago, I came to the realization that first it wasn't the word retirement in the Bible. So I'm here, I'm not here to, you know, play golf or live for myself. I'm here to serve the Lord as long as he keeps me here. And so therefore, the the purpose and the goal of your life changes. You think, well, can I serve the Lord at, at 65 when the government says you're done? <laughs> or can I serve him at 70? Can I serve him at 80? Yeah, you can serve him until the last second. And that's the cool thing about it, that you can do that even though your body is, is going down the river. You know, you can do that. And I'd, I've known men like that, you know, and there's with, there's a specialness about those guys. Like Miles Stanford was a special man because he never, uh, he was pretty sick the last six months of his life, but he never got off course in the tasks that God had called him to do. He was working and writing and helping people and res responding co to correspondence every single day. And the day before he died, he called me up and he said, I'm coming to Denver tomorrow. We've got to have lunch. And I said, Miles, you don't have the strength to come to Denver. Yeah, I'm coming. And he died that night. You know, the Lord just took him home. With, you know, he was, he was in bed and asleep, but he just finished writing something and then he went to bed. You know, so. Alright, now it's time to pick on the older women. Older women, likewise, are to be reverent in their behavior, not malicious gossips, nor enslaved to much wine, teaching what is good so that they may Encourage the young women to love their husbands, to love their children, to be sensible and pure workers at home, kind being subject to their own husbands so that the word of God will not be dishonored. Wow, women get two whole verses. <laughs> a woman should what? Better translated, have a good demeanor which is a wide reference to conduct in all respects and in all occasions. So, I think God builds a woman that way. They're much more tolerant than men. And they have a usually a much calmer demeanor than men do sometimes. And then he... Then he uh, <laughs> The word malicious gossips is really uh, diabolos. This word is usually translated devil. <laughs> Jeez. Uh, but it's found in feminine gender and literally as she-devils. Uh, the word means to be a slanderer. And then he, then he uh, talks about women and alcohol. But he does it a little different uh, because what he does is he takes two negatives and he pastes them side by side. He says, 
A connection between wine and the loose tongue indicate cause and effect. So if you drink too much, your mouth runs. And so, um, again, he's not prohibiting a, a, a man or a woman from drinking wine. What he's saying is, it's got to be uh, controlled. You know, and, and, and trust me, if you if, if if you're dependent on the spirit of God, your drinking is controlled. It just is, you know. So, um, teaching what is good are a single word in Greek. Here's the word we translated to school or to train. Now, do you, do you the women in the audience? Do you view yourself as that's what you're involved in, schooling and training. And then he'll spell out what, what you're supposed to, to demonstrate, uh, to younger women that they should be encouraged. Isn't that interesting? Be encouraged, um, about what is good. So, so then he goes and he, he, uh, talks about what he thinks the good is. The first one is, is that they love their husband. That's pretty cool. And I think that's visible. You know, it isn't puppy love. It isn't emotional. Um, but it is a settled attitude about, I love my husband. And it's because I love the Lord and the Lord loves me. That's why. Donna. On that verse, how does that work? It says they, that the older women may teach the young women to be soldier, to be sober. Is that also to teach the young women to love their husbands? Or it's a personal that the older women should um, love you said You said that they have to teach them to be sober? My my verse says that they may teach the young women to be sober, to love their husbands, to love their children. Oh, interesting. The New, the New American Standard doesn't translate it that way, but it kind of puts, um, it says, not malicious gossips, nor enslaved to much wine, teaching what is good. That's how they put it. But either way. And then after that. Right. After that is so that... It, they may encourage the young women to love their husbands. Oh. But your version says, your version says what? Mine does not, is not very specific that the older women should teach the younger women to love their husbands and to teach the younger women to love their children. It, it's kind of like, looks like it could, it, it could be applied to them, to the older women. Oh, I see. Um, you know, it, what, what I find interesting is in, in, in life, in society, we were, we were noticing the other day, and we've been making a joke around our house about it, that in every uh, television program, at the end of the program, there's always alcohol involved. And problem solving. And problem solving. So they sit down with a glass of bourbon or a glass of wine, and the two of them or the four of them, and they 
solved all the problems of the world. But what's the message? That sitting down with alcohol solves problems. No, it doesn't. So how do you, and, and I know, the other thing I noticed is uh, at that wedding last week, Christian marriage is a special sacred thing where God joins a man and a woman together and there's a, there's a, a love between them that he generates that you, how do you explain it? But when you see it, you know what you're looking at as a believer. And I, you know, I would, I, I, in interacting with, there were 200 plus people at this wedding. You could tell, no matter at what age group the couple was, it's almost within the first couple of minutes, do they love each other? And it's either there or it's not there. Do you notice that? And, uh, uh, but I think a couple to your left. Yeah. Yeah. There's a couple to my left I was sat down next to at the dinner. A couple of, uh, ladies who were married to each other. And the first thing this one woman said to me was, I don't watch Fox News. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like watching Fox News is worse than reading the Bible. <laughs> she told you exactly what she believed in the statement. <laughs> that is hilarious. So, she, what does she see in you? <laughs> I have no idea. I have no idea. Hopefully she saw that I love Donna and Donna loves me. Right. You know. You look like a Fox News lover. <laughs> <laughs> you look like a former Marine. You look like a former Marine. Right. I even had a haircut. Yeah. So, but I noticed with, and I maybe it's just my quirky temperament. Courtney's kind of like that. He looks, he sizes people up really quick, you know. And, uh, I look at people and say, do, do that. I wonder if they really love each other. And you can tell when they, when they're gutting it out to the end. <laughs> or, yeah, they really do. Or, uh, uh, they're somewhere in the middle. And, uh, because this was a denominational base, uh, there was a lot of, I got us, you know, I have to be this and I have to be that. And, you know, a lot of legalism involved. But then you could tell the, the, the couples that really genuinely loved each other. And that woman and that uh, husband-wife relationship, if you went and talked to her, their kids, their kids were lovers too. That's how they learn. You know? But how, how do you learn? How do you learn to be a lover? Well, you hang around or around somebody who is. You know, how how do you how do you find out these these characteristics of a man and a woman? You're around somebody who's like that. It might surprise you that there actually is somebody like that, but they're there. They're there. You know, and it's not noisy. It's quiet. You know, it's like in in uh, uh, in First uh, Thessalonians. How do you love your 
How do you demonstrate love to your neighbors? Remember that? The three things, what were they? That you mind your own business, you live a quiet life, you mind your own business, and you work. That doesn't make any sense to me. From a world standpoint, I got, if I'm going to demonstrate that I love the brethren, I've got to do something that shows them. Well, Paul says, well, it's real simple. You live a quiet life, you mind your own business, and you work. And you do those things, especially work, so that you can be able to give others what they, what they need. And I thought, boy, that is almost too simple. Too, too, too easy to understand. And we, we read things like these verses here and we think, well, that's the way it's supposed to be, isn't it? This is not, oh, I gotta change the way I'm going. He doesn't say stop doing this and start doing this. He's saying this is how it works. This is the way it goes. This is the way men, older men and older women behave and here's what they do. You know, I'm not, I'm not saying that there are older men that aren't totally self-absorbed and self-centered and don't manifest any of this, especially if they're not believers. But, you know, there are non-believers that love their families, you know. Uh, it's the same, same with women, you know. Some, uh, some older women, you can tell it's all about their themselves because of how they, how, what their demeanor is, you know. Well, we know one woman that's uh, so self-absorbed at 60 that um, she wants to do her own thing now, you know. So whatever that is. Do you think these kinds of behaviors in a person are fulfilling? What do you think? No, they're not. What's that? <clears throat> well, not the the example of being self-involved at six. No, no. But I, I qualify the 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 things spelled out in these verses. And so. these, these, this is where fulfillment in how God created you to be, and in gender. Yeah. A way. And that way is a joy. It's not a burden. <clears throat> it is a standard, but there is joy in that. And that's where, that, I think that's why Paul sp uh, spells it out right here. Is like, that's just, this is what it looks like. Like you said, this is the you know, rubber meets the road type of thing. And mm. <laughs> this isn't a burden. This is... This is where we're at home and, and who God created us to be yeah. in our leaders. Yeah. I just noticed the time. We're a couple of minutes over. Yeah. The singers have to go practice. So what I, I want to uh, spend some time on verse 5, and we'll, that's where we'll start next week. So let's close. Father, how we thank you for your word. You're so careful to show us what a life uh, in your son is all about and how there is rest and peace in a life like that and how wonderful it is to, to love and be loved by you and, and through those around that belong to you. So we thank you for your son, the Lord Jesus, and we pray in his name. Amen.